Hello and welcome back to Surf Talk with me, James Watson. Lewis, sadly, he's feeling under the weather this week, so can't join us for the pod. Uh, however, we have a more than able deputy uh, to step in and take the reins from him, and it's the Racing Pulse, Matt Rennie. Matt, how are you? Hello, mate. Not too bad, not too bad. It's been a quiet week in the racing front, hasn't it? Not a lot's gone on, really, has it? Oh, no, not, not a lot at all. It's, it's been drama-free this week. <laughs> um, of course, we've had the Briny Frost and Robbie Dunn inquiry uh, verdict today. Uh, we've also had last week was the uh, Graham Gibbons and Freddie Talicki inquiry. And, uh, well, if, if we mention the Ashes, it's, it's not necessarily been a, a fun week for the, either of us. No, I think the Ashes one is the is the only thing we don't really want to, or don't really have to mention. Uh, we, we'll we'll leave England to to inevitably go one nil down on our way to a five nil series defeat, just to cheer us up all in time for Christmas. <laughs> Perfect timing, but something that will be cheering us up this weekend uh, is the action over at Cheltenham. Um, I'm being told by my good friend Matt that he has a, a decent selection for the for the Friday card. Uh, would you like to talk us through it and whereabouts it will be coming from? Indeed, indeed. It is from Cheltenham, but it's in none of the ITV races. So make sure you've got your racing TV uh, subscriber passes sorted out. Um, and it comes in the form of number 12 in the 115, which is the two mile handicap hurdle, class three, uh, number 12, Lively Citizen. Now, this is a, a horse of great interest. I've, I've spoken to a few people this week as well who are who are also interested in it. Uh, it was second in the race last year. Um, I'm just looking look at back at his form now. Off a mark of an overall rating of 111 and is on 110 this year, this time round. And in four starts since then has been placed each time. Now he sneaks in at the bottom of the weights in this one again. He is, he is, the, he is number 12 of 12 runners. Uh, and he's racing off 10 stone. And the further seven's taken off with Archie Bellamy's useful claim. Uh, and Archie Bellamy and the trainer David Jeffries have already been in winning form this week at Utoxeter because I was covering it um, earlier in the week. Look, he's he's just a consistent horse, really. I mean, there, there could be a few more. There's a few more unexposed than him in the race, but he's still only a six-year-old. You know, the, the main danger is going to be this Nicky Henderson-trained Broomfield Berg at the top, a, a JP horse who was second in the Newbury Novice last time out and and is now now into handicap company and and could be could be well placed but but this horse he, he's a he's a consistent lot and i haven't spoke to the trainer after a winning at utox that said this this is his gold cup this is the ho- this is the race he's been aimed at all year and he's going to get the ground in his favor again this time round he's, he's a useful yardstick and he's a course and distance winner as well previously as well so i can see him running a big race he's he's a general seven to one at the moment so you know get the money on while you can lads Oh, that's not how we want to start a podcast. A seven to one strong fancy. Uh, from Straight that, in with it. Straight in with it. We don't, we don't, we don't muck about on this podcast, mate. There's no five to one naps. We're napping the seven to one, baby. <laughs> napping seven to one straight time, mate. We're not leaving it till later. We're getting it straight in there so that you're ready for it straight away. Matt, anything else on on that card uh, that you like? The, the first race, the novice hurdle, looks certainly interesting with uh, three nice prospects in Hatter Dunaree. Uh, JPR one and Washington. Yeah, look, that's a that's a very very good race, and I think we know how how what good form the Tizard Yard have been in this season. And JPR one really took my note to Exeter on on his debut. Hartard Dudaries again very good at Warwick. But don't know whether this 
track may or may not suit him. It's it's difficult to tell really. Um, you know, he he's won in in France and and uh, Warwick on it, which is a more of an emphasis on speed track really. I I tend to think anyway. And I know Skelton said that we're going to have a softly softly approach with him coming this season, but the, he's he's facing some bloody good rivals in this one to say the least. Um, at Washington, you know, I, he, he bumped into a good thing and I like to move it last time out. I put him up as one of my horses to follow for the season and it sets a, sets a really good form standard. You know, disappointing is only six runners, but you normally, that's what you get in these type of races. And it's, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few graded winners come out of this race, especially out of the top three there. Um, but JPR1 could be, you know, he, he could be something special because his form stacks up really well from his, from his own sole run so far. And again, it would be, as usual, it'd be always good to see the Tizards have another good thing in the yard. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think JPR1 really went into everybody's notebooks last time. First time out winner, uh, beating Luttrell Lad and I and Maximus, who were both, well, Luttrell Lad ran a cracker in the Persian War behind Camprond, uh, and I and Maximus was well fancied for the Supreme. So I, th- I think the form of that, uh, will turn out to be very, very good in time. But it's a, another tough race that he's in. Uh, Matt said the other two rivals that, are, that have also uh, been running creditably. And that's all right. Gino wasn't a bad uh, bumper horse who made a, a nice winning uh, appearance over hurdles for the first time. Um, I, I don't think we could necessarily rule out him either, but a JPR one is the horse, uh, I think, for, for me. Uh, and another one I'd just quite... To like to mention uh, in the 150 in the Mayor's Handicap Chases Rose of Arcadia going over uh, fences for the first time um, she travelled with supreme ease in that Wincanton Handicap Hurdle um, and sort of tried to gallop the opposition uh, into submission but just a little bit novicey towards the last two jumps and, and just sort of lost the advantage and, and was swamped by the Alan King duo um, late on and I think the benefit of that run will certainly strengthen strengthen him up here and, and a horse who I've got a lot of time for and I think I think in time will be turn out to be a very nice horse when stepping up to three miles and, and we'll see her over a fence um, anything in that race for you uh, Matt? No I'll probably echo what you said about Rose of Arcadia and I know they, they thought of her as a, as a graded class performer last season you know it, it wasn't the Cesar season last season for, for reasons we know you know, they just just weren't running to the on on fire really, but they're they're, they're much better now, and, and she looks like she's had the scope. She's got the scope to to improve over fences. You know, the mare's chase won't be a target for her this year. If she does it like she wants three miles, so she's she's probably got a nice few handicap decent little handicaps in her. And uh, you know, I think the other shout out on the card has to be for um, Slotini, doesn't it? In the in the Grade Three handicap chase, making his debut for Polly Gundry. Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully some of the listeners will pick up on the pun there because, of course, it is Santini, the the Gold Cup second from from two new well year and a half ago now. Um, interesting and interesting to see what Skelton's going to do with him. Really, um, it'll just be interesting to see how he goes and whether he has truly regressed or not. You know, it's, yeah, odd one with him, really. Yeah, I think that race, Matt, this race looks really interesting to me, the, the grade three on the Friday, because Enrillo was, I thought, was travelling with plenty of panache uh, in the Labrooks Trophy last time when falling. Um, just a bit of a, just a novice jump, I thought. And I've never, I know he, he isn't a novice, but he's just, I just feel like he's lacking for experience in them sorts of races. And um, he's probably a favourite I'll be looking to take on. Um, Commodore. Uh, runs really well going fresh. 
Uh, and the last time he ran uh, fresh like this, similar to that, uh, was after a wind operation. And he's had another one since then um, uh, for Venetia Williams. These horses are, are going magnificently well. Um, I think that 9-2 to two is probably the horse I'll be taking taking Enrello on for. But like I said, Santini, where do you see him ending up this season, Matt? Well, it's, it's going to be quite a crucial run, this one, really, in, in depending on what way it goes. You know, if he, if he wins off top weight, I can't even believe I'm going to say this, but <laughs> he would be he would be a Gold Cup dark horse if he manages to win, especially if he wins well off 11 stone 12. You know, his rating is now 159. I'm just trying to look how much it's, that's plummeted. Obviously, it's plummeted a lot from when he was second in the Gold Cup of, of 171. But if he wins well, they're going to have to elevate him back to a mark of probably... 164, 165, you know, something just, whatever it was with him last year, just, you know, it was just a nightmare after nightmare with him, really. And he, you know, even Nicky Henderson said so, but to be fair to Nicky, he was one of the only horses he sort of ran against his wishes last, last term. Um, but if he doesn't run well, he runs a stinker, you know, he'll be going hunter chasing, probably. <laughs> I mean, <that's> just, <laughs> I don't know what other, other route you can particularly go with him. We give him a few more starts and a handicap as a, as a rank outsider because he's, his mark won't just plummet immediately straight away unless they, they re, unless the handicapper really takes action against him. So, yeah, you know, it's an odd one because you think this time last season, he was still only about 10 to 1 in the Gold Cup betting for, for the 2021 renewal. Just, yes, yeah, it's, it's just weird. I don't think you can say it's, it's sad to see him regress yet, but, you know, it's just, just very peculiar to say the least. And it'll just be interesting to see how he is. Obviously, he, he normally needs his first time run, <laughs> and that's normally an understatement. But he's somehow, I think I'm just trying to look now on his first time runs. He's actually got quite a reasonable record on his first time out once runs. So if you're looking at him, you know, beating a length in the Many Clouds Chase last year on his first run, then a winner at Sandown in the list in the listed chase before that, and then also won a Newbury Grade Two on his comeback, and then then won on his debut. So he, while he does need the run, he's got quite a darn good record first time out. So, <laughs> Just, just yeah, one, one to keep an eye on, but you know it adds a bit of intrigue into a you know a, a card at Cheltenham that probably needed a horse like him there. So one to watch most certainly. Yeah, I can't wait for the return of the the, the bolt memes and uh, everything to come back if he is uh, as slow or continuing his slowness because I think we need that after this week. So a bit of a laugh after we do that. Need- we do need a bit of lightheartedness, <laughs> and we Definitely. do we do need we do need people not taking this one to heart because I think there's other issues that we rightly needed to take to heart this week. So, bang on. Um, the Glen Farkless Cross Country is a race. I think well, the Cross Country races are, are one of my favourites, and uh, we see the return of Plan of Attack Diesel Dallier back on the lash, uh, singing banjo as well, who all renewed last month. Um, anything for this, Matt or? Just to simply watch and enjoy. Uh, watch and enjoy this one. I love love seeing the hedgehoppers go over it. It's like it's like being in France. It's like being at Compiègne or wherever. So uh, one to watch. Um, you know the form the form books all over the place. Diesel Dallier back in a handicap probably has the edge and will come on for his run um, in last time out, which was which was very good. Um, and it's just you know four pound better off. You know rated four pound better off than back on the lash who who beat him last time. So. Interesting one, but yeah, one, one to watch, and it's just just nice to see there, isn't it? Really, see a, see a few of the old hacks going around over a few hedges and poles. So yeah, it's one to watch. Yeah, I agree. Diesel Dalier is the horse for me. I was I was quite strong on him last time out, and 
I thought he was going to win the race jump in the last, but maybe just fitness wasn't on his side. And uh, in a race he'd run well in before, um, we know that he likes the cross-country fences. I think he'll go very well again here uh, with the weight turnaround. Moving on to the Saturday at Cheltenham, um, the juvenile hurdle certainly looks interesting. Um, Yorksy heads the betting at 11 to 4, message personnel at 4 to 1, patient dream at 5s, in turn De Civilo at 6s with uh, Titian, uh, Twilight Twist at 8, Lady Pacifico at 10s and 16 to 1, bar the rest. Anything in this for you, Matt? Uh, again, another interesting one, which you haven't really take a, a, a lot to look at, really. Um, interesting. I'm just trying to find the find the previous records. You know, David Pipe and Tom Skew landed this last year with Adagio, and I don't think we all expected him to go on and and win a Grade One. And you know, he, he's a champion hurdle dark horse this year, really, on the, on the back of his run. Titian's of, of interest to me because he was quite a useful performer on the flat. You know, rated. 88 on the flat in the end has left William Haggersy yard now to join David Pipe, winner on soft ground Doncaster handicap on his last start for the yard and just generally progressed last year and, and looks the sort of flat recruit who could do do well over jumps. He's best price six to one at the moment, but you know again it's one of those you're gonna have to keep a market watch on. York C again Gary Moore's got looks like he's got a, a decent set of juveniles this year as as he tends to do. Um, That'll be interesting to see, because if he wins, then, you know, Knight Salute, who's going to be going at Doncaster on the same day, which you might touch on a bit later on, could could most certainly, you know, that would be a big boost to his form after he was beaten by him in the in the Grade 2 equivalent at the November meeting. Uh, and message personnel, you know, it's, it's not like you see two, two juvenile runs, but he's been running in France and makes his debut for Dan and Harry Skelton and, and, and the Hales family, and, you know... They could be interesting prospects, and I wouldn't be shocked if he if he going and bolts up. You know, the last time we saw him, he he'd won a hurdle race at Dieppe by by three and a half lengths under uh, one of our own James Reevely. So he, he again one one to keep a keen eye on. If I was to have a little nibble, probably just out of interest, it'd be Titian just on on his flat form and see sees what he can do over jumps. And it's nice to see him running in the Loch Derg colours, which will be a nice blast from the past for a lot of our listeners. <laughs> Certainly will be. I, I I'm agree. I think Gary Moore's uh, juveniles this year are looking very promising, and a good winner just the other day. Um, and Yorksy, I thought was very eye catching last time. Just looked a little bit awkward under pressure um, later on, but uh, stayed on strongly and, and plugged on well. His jumping wasn't necessarily perfect, but I'm sure he'll have brushed upon that. Uh, and I think he'll go very close in that uh, eleven to four. Everyone knows. Um, favourite that that's most people's opinion but I think the market's roughly about right there um, my Drogo looks to kick his novice uh, chase career off uh, after a, well, a peculiar uh, race at Cheltenham last month um, he should be getting the, the job done here Matt and whereabouts I, I know Lewis rates him very very highly whereabouts do you rate him this season where do you think he'll be towards the end of the season do you think he'll be the best English novice chaser Probably yes. I'll be erring on the side of yes. Um, he he had um, gin on lime covered at Cheltenham. I've no doubt about that. He would have he'd have won by a good fifteen twenty lengths really if 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 he decided not to you know he, not to leave his his front legs to drag through the the top of the tricky second last. Um, just looking just trying to think of who's the of the novice company we've we've seen this year. You know, a hoist in yours is going to be up there in the three miles. This this level will eventually get three miles, but two and a half will be where he'll be wanting to go. First time out. I, apart from my Drogo and, and Oil Hill Senor, I'm sure you can add to this. You know, we've 
we've had a few novice chases which have produced sort of questionable results. These graded novice chases, they are, you know, Nasalam's not going to be up there if I don't think for a for a race like that. You know, Pick Dory had his measure in the in the Berkshire at the Labricks Trophy Festival. And so he, I think my Drago will need, he'll need to, you know, win, win this. It's, it's, as silly as it sounds, same for a three to one on shot, you know, just to make sure, tell people to not have any question marks about him because, you know, we can all see last time it, it was slightly unlucky. You know, he, he did slither on landing and all he did was just minutely didn't lift his legs high enough as, as he should have done. At, at the second last, I think this course will suit him far better than 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 the, the old course. You know, a bit more time to get into a rhythm and jumping, but his jumping was all right until until the second last last time round. And you know, this could be a nice trial. I wouldn't be surprised if his his odds plummet for the for the Marsh novices chase after yeah. this one. It'd be it'd be you know it'd be really nice to see him you know bolt up. Um, the, the shame thing the the shame is we probably won't see him around the Christmas time. Given he's, you know, he's he's having to, he's contesting this now. Whereas if he had stood up on his feet at the, at the November meeting, we'd have probably seen him going for something like the the uh, Corto Star on on Boxing Day at Kempton instead. But uh, you know, it is what it is. He's got to go and win. Um, obviously, I forgot about Brave Man's Brave Man's game as well. But I've I've still got my rev- reservations about him in in some aspects at this stage, as as well as he does jump and. By God, he's jumped incredibly well so far, but you know his his form could have question marks in it. So yeah, interesting. If, if I was to go between them two, I'd, I'd have my Drogo probably probably just he just seemed a, a class apart over hurdles and, and can probably still have that progression over fences at the say at a higher level. Yeah, I certainly agree. There's a, there's a point between them in the marsh betting at the minute. Bradman's game currently at seven to one. My Drogo at eight. Um, with a nice clear round here and an impressive performance, I think he'll go shorter than Brave Man's game. But I agree with what you said with Brave Man's game. He jumps impeccably, but there's just something about him that I think he'll just be found out in better races. Um, my Jogo is a beautiful looking animal as well. He's a giant. Uh, I was at Aintree last year and he was absolutely massive and just a proper paddock uh, eye catcher. Um, so I, I'm hoping for a clear round and, and hopefully. Um, he'll put his name on the map over fences. Um, at 1.15, there's a very, very nice two-mile uh, handicap chase. Uh, Eddie Turdegeet heads uh, the betting at 11-4. to Amula Gold at 4-1. to Trero Bamboo at 11-2. to Cheadleton at 13-2 to with Notre Paris. Uh, Moonlighter and Torpedo at 10s. Uh, and Bundoran is at 12s. Matt, any selection for you in this? I can probably tell you one thing and one thing only is they're not going to go slow here. They are going to go, they are going to go F1 style from the start. If, if editor Dijit goes out in front again, look, he, 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 he narrowly held on last time out. He was, he was idling in those final stages and, and did well to, to really sort of rally again. Um, interesting. Yeah. He, he, he's a very speedy horse and it'll be whether this sort of, Stamp. Obviously, we all know the new course is a bit more stamina sapping than than the old courses, which probably suited him far better last time. And also, you know, the fact that they've said that he he his big aim for the season is going to be the Red Run Handicap Chase at Aintree's meeting, which he won last year, and was properly properly suited by. Um, so I wonder if they're just working back from that slightly now and and are taking the opportunity 
to have a go here because of the ground. I think remembering back to what Gary Moore said, is they were they were going to sort of push him away for until this until the spring beforehand, but they've they, they've not done so obviously, and they 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 might be really wise. I think he might be a bit of shrewd placement, but the one for me, he's top weight, yes, but Amuda Gold is 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 a good horse. He again Cheltenham, he's not shown his best form so far at, but just the last two two runs from him have been very very good off. Off increasing marks every time. He, he does have a career high mark of 152 to defy, but I think the horse he got beat by a short head last time before midnight will have a graded help racing him this season. And, and it would be an interesting one. You know, a lot of the other rivals' forms does leave a, a, a bit to be desired, really. Um, so it could be Editor Jeet's one to sort of lose from the front, really. Um, in, in, in interesting race, to say the least. It'll be, I think there could be a few, ni- two nice horses at the top of the market there. Yeah, I think the emphasis will be on um, jumping and stamina because, like you said, I think there'll be a furious pace up front. Um, I'm, I think the more stamina-sapping style of this course will suit Ferrero Bamboo a bit more. I thought he ran really well last time uh, behind El Ridotto. Um I know he was beating eight, eight, nearly nine lengths in the end, but um, he just kept keeps plugging on. And uh, with a stiff finish, that might suit him a lot more rather than uh, Newbury's more flatter galloping track. Um, I, I, he jumped too bad to be true uh, in that listed race behind the Muller Gold. Um, never really in a rhythm. But if you go back, he, he, he ran a cracker in that red run that uh, you mentioned that Editor de Gite won. Um, nice horses in behind, and, and that was one of the best two mile handicap chases of the season. Cheddleton is a horse I also like. I thought he ran really well in that graduation chase behind Warlord and, and Manila Drama. The, the form of that. Uh, isn't that bad with Warlord finishing a, a fair distance behind in that grade one last time but um, I, I think in a race slightly easier in, into a handicap um, I, I think he, he could go well here I, I liked how he jumped at Haydot last year um, my only worry would be the better ground a lot of his form is on heavy and soft um, and if the ground was to come up good I wouldn't be surprised to see his name scratched um, but my main selection for this is Ferrero Bamboo I think he'll go very close and it's interesting as well. Venetia's, Venetia's horses are in banging form at the moment. They are running really, really well since the start of December. Um, she's 26% strike rate at the moment. So she, her horses are ones to keep on side at the moment, as we can see with Cloudy Glenn's victory in the Labrooks. Exactly that. Um, the, the, for me, this is the main race of the weekend. Um, I know we have um, grade twos elsewhere and, and bigger races later on in the card but the Racing Post Gold Cup Handicap Chase um, grade three Lalor heads the market at nine to two Silver Hallmark at sixes Dostal Phil at sevens Beakstown at eights Midnight Shadow and Farinay at nine Fuzzle Raffles and Cool Cody at tens Zanza at fourteens Serdalac at sixteens Sepage at eighteens and thirty three to one bar the rest of the field Matt Lalor a bit of a head scratching uh, reason why he was such a short price last time out in the Paddy Power uh, Gold Cup um, ran very creditably to be only beaten two and uh, two and a quarter lengths in the end by Midnight Shadow. Uh, does that run cement his place at the top of the market? Uh, well, well, firstly, I've got to say this is the race of the week from the uh, from the new sponsorship that was announced earlier this week. So uh, we'll, we'll 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 put that one out there. Of course, it's the best <laughs> race of the week. <laughs> um, look, Leilor, yes. You know that was a that was an intriguing run, to say the least. I think he wants three miles now. Um, 
I, I'm, I'm very confident he wants three miles now. You looked how outpaced he was turning into the home straight. Well, he must have been about a good 10 lengths down on, on Cool Cody and Midnight Shallower that stage turning in. And he, he sort of flew up the, flew up the hill from, from that point and maybe just with his age now, you know, he's going to turn in 10 and 10 in the, in the, in the new year, that three miles is, is, is the trip really, you know, it was an intriguing run. You know, he's only gone up two pounds for that. Um, always where, you know, he's, he's had wind surgery, he's changed yards, but you know, you'd normally say it's going to be a, a bounce factor, but he's only been off 192 days really. So maybe the change of scenery's just, just sort of done him a world of good and he just needed that run just to sort of be really sharpened up. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a very, very interesting race. I don't think Laura Layla should be nine to two. He should be more about five to one, six to one, Mark. Um, cause Silver Hallmark brings sort of class to the, the table, having beaten all art. Admittedly, he fell in a, in a Haydock novice chase last year and, and the weights were completely wrong for him in, in the Colin Parker at Carlisle. And he, he did well for, for a long way before taking a blow. Um, and he, he could, you know, this could be right up his street. Dostal Phil, I, I find a, a quite a frustrating horse to be, to be certainly. As, as do I do with Beakstown at this point. Um, Farinay is of great interest because you've seen who's riding her, uh, him. Sorry, of course. I know, and you're thinking, is that is that is that Venetia's number one hope? They've got a certain Rachel Blackmore, and he, he absolutely bolted up last time round out in the in the sort of the, in the Sandown novice handicap chase. It was the former festival race. And was did really really well. That, like, six and a half lengths, and has only got, gone up seven pound, um, eight pounds for that. You know, the handicapper could have been far harsher on him for that. Midnight Shadow, you know, a, a lovely horse. He's, he, I'm sure you agree with me on this one. He's, he's one of the stalwarts of the game now, who, who provides real joy. And it was great to see him get his his big day in the sun at Cheltenham once again. In the Paddy Power, but you know the record of of those winners coming following up in the December Gold Cup or Racing Post Gold Cup it is now, you know Exotic Dancer was the last one to do the double in two thousand and six, and he was a sort of I can't remember if he'd won one or not, but he was a Grade One performer in a, on a general sense. Cool Cody <laughs> needs to jump better. Um, you are taking a risk with him, but he generally stays on his feet. Fusel Raffles, you know, he's the class act in the race, but that. That Charlie, I was going to say the Charlie White chase. Then it's the Charlie Hall <laughs> chase. That's my, my football brain coming up there. Oh, this on the one. Get well soon, Charlie White, of course. Um, but that Charlie Hall chase form is very, very ropey to say the least. Now, you know, Kitty's lights pulled up since in a in a goal in a not a Hennessy Gold Cup, Labrooks Trophy. I'm getting all the old names. <laughs> um, Clondor Castle's been beaten out of sight in a bet fair since. We haven't seen Mighty Thunder, you know, the other sort of excuses. So I wouldn't be touching Fusil Raffles at, at, at that. And the one for me, I've got great interest in it, an 18 to 1 shot. I've been saying it to a few people this week is, well, do we know if it's Venetia's second string or not? Because Charlie Deutsch is on board in, in, in it's Sepage to, to make it, I think it's third time lucky or something in this race. Um, you know, I think you can, Blank last year's run, he was just bombed out last year in that, in the, in the race last year on his reappearance. And generally his form after that was, was very, very respectable. Bolted up in Chepstow handicap chase by 14 lengths before finishing fourth in the Denman and then finishing fourth, hitting the frame 
behind vintage clouds in the ultimate at the festival. And then his his form before that at Cheltenham, especially at this this distance of this track, is 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 really really solid. You know, was only beaten two and three quarter lengths in this in two thousand and nineteen, when sent off favourite, and then came back in on trials day in January to win the Grade Three handicap chase that day. He's also you know finished finished second in it's finished second in this in this race in two thousand in December two thousand eighteen as well off a break. So last year's run you could just sort of. You just have to put it back to the back of your mind. He, he's off a mark of one five seven, which is a one pound lower mark than he was running at for his on, on his final two starts last season. And it'll just be interesting to know whether we won't know this probably unless someone puts the question to Venetia in the previews whether Charlie has decided to ride him over Faraday because he was on board Faraday at Sandown last time, and it would it would be interesting to see if that. I mean. Faraday's 12 is you know doing 10 stone two maybe Charlie couldn't do that weight he's not doing 11 stone 12 and Sapage but you know I've, I've missed the trick with Sapage last twice in in the ultimate I just don't think he stays three miles but this could be his optimum and I do expect a bold run from him even if it's off top weight yeah we saw him run so well in the 29 ver- uh, 2019 version of this behind Warthog um and he is a horse that tends to make a mistake, but they've sort of been ironed out with uh, all his performances over course and distance and, and runs very similar to races like this. Um, like you said, the Venetia, a bit of Venetia Williams propaganda going on. We, we, we fancy quite a lot of their runners this week. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think 18 to 1 could be a nice bit of value. And I, I also agree a, a lot with what you said about the others as well. Dostal Phil is becoming very frustrating to follow. Um, it come from the absolute clouds last time. I, I proper fancied him. Uh, we had a decent anti-post price uh, on him for the Paddy Power Gold Cup, and um, I, I thought he was beat with three to jump. I, I, I stopped really watching, uh, and then all of a sudden, jumping the last. If he did, if he did, probably wing the last a bit better. He, he'd have finished a little bit closer. Um, his jumping leaves a lot to be desired. He, he does tend to make the often mistake, um, which. I think he certainly is brushing up in these races because that can be the winning and losing of, of these handicap chases. Um, so for that reason, I'd I'd want a bigger price about Dostal Phil. That was the only thing that was intriguing me last time. Could have got 25s 48 hours before, and 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 he was soon punted into to 16s, and I think he was a short 10s at one stage. Um, but his jumping is is questionable, and I won't be surprised if he popped up in a race like this now or uh, later on in the season, but. Seven to one's a little bit short for me. Like you said, Silver Hallmark was having to give way to, to nice horses that were possibly higher rated than him uh, in the Colin Parker last time. The form of that is certainly not looking too shabby. Um, I thought his jumping was was very very good uh, in in the hall at Carlisle and um, just looked like he may have certainly needed that run and, and will have brought him on. Nico de Boinville's rode him before when he was second at Exeter on that beginner's chase when bumping into Fiddler on the Roof. Um, still very lightly raced. Off a mark of 145, which hasn't changed. I, I think this this could be a good opportunity for him to get his head in front again. Um, I, I, don't, I don't have any queries with the ground. I think good to soft. I think there'll be a, a fair amount of rain around the night before uh, looking at the forecast. So I, I think Silver Hallmark at six is, is a solid bet. Um, for me, 
midnight shadow, like you said, looking to do the back-to-back. Um, you look at that form and protector has, has done a lot for it last time at Aintree, uh, winning the many clouds by a fair distance. Um, so the form of, of the form of that um, Paddy Power Gold Cup is certainly one that I think will, will, will bear a grudge on this race. And I understand the law. I understand why the law's favourite, but possibly not that short for me. Um, so for me, the silver hallmark, and for you, it's Sapajma. Well, yeah, Sapaj. We'll have the Venetia double in there. <laughs> Two very, very good prices. We'll get some very good prices on that. But I'm just interested in your thoughts. You know, that that Paddy Power was a, was an odd race. You know, the way there were so many fa- fast finishing close, closers. You know, a lot of people say Midnight Shadow would have won further had he not made a mistake at the last. But that seemed like a tired mistake to me. It just almost felt like there was a bit of a pace collapse in that. Uh, I don't think we'll get this today. Or, or on Saturday, sorry. I don't. I think it'll be a bit more, more truly run. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know whether someone fl- flattered to deceive that day. It's a, but that's all the fun and games of of, of the not so great sport at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think it was just a tired jump at the last, and um, Cole Cordy had, had set a furious gallop with simply the bets, and Midnight Shadow was probably well placed and in a nice rhythm, just in behind to sort of sort of just stalk that pace and get a nice lead into the race they say he idled in the running and for me he didn't he didn't really it it was a it was a tired enough jump at the last uh just clung on there was panic stations uh from ryan Marnia and and i think that the form will hold up here but um i think the the less exposed silver hallmark in this race will 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 take a bit of beating um so we'll move on to the one of many Albert Bartlett novice hurdles, uh, grade two that we will see this season. Uh, Blazing Carl looking to uh, get another win at the course, having won over two mile five last time. He heads the market at eleven to eight. Jolino Bello reposes here at seven to four. Um, Barony Legends at sixes, current moves sixteens. Bally Griffin Cottage at twenty fives, and Lockdo Rocco at twenty fives as well. Will Blazing Cal get the better of Jolino Bello again here, Matt? A bit of a weight reversal and a step up in trip. Um, I'm I'm more on the side of Jolino Bello. I don't know about yourself. Um, I'm going to go against you this time round. Yeah, you're right. It's one of the many potato race trials we've got in the UK. So whether whether these will sort of stack up in the in the in the biggie at the festival is is a different matter. But you no, know, I was just 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 a bit disappointed with Jolino Bello's finishing effort really in the. In 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 the you know, what was the Ballymore trial really at the, at the at, on the old course, um, you know he did keep on, but he he just had the opportunities to to sort of kill the race off, and he never did. And I just got the feeling that Blazing Cow was you know just a just a better stayer, uh, you know, and that was over two mile five. And if this is over three miles, you know there could be more to come from him at, at this trip. You're right in the sense that the the eleven stone three against the the ten stone twelve for the penalty for that win will no doubt it will it will have some form of of difference really but it's it's just gonna be it's gonna be an, an interesting little con contest really they, they they won't they won't go off at a blistering pace as they never do in these kind of races so it could be quite a a, a tactical affair really um I know Charles Burns uh, speaking earlier this week saying that Blazing Cow could be the best horse he's had for for the season. 
And you know, for all he happened in the earlier one in the year with all the stuff that happened in Ireland, you know, a trainer of him, he's a noticeable trainer. And you do take note of when he says that he's got a, a, a good thing. Um, and he just seems progressive this season. He's just more got his, got his act together. Really, you know, he, he, he had plenty of experience in bumpers and he's sort of taken the step up to hurdle, hurdles in his stride. And obviously Ireland took the race last year. So interesting one. It's a bit of a concern that the last favourite to win was Holstone in 2016 and the last two, two winners of the race have been priced up at 14s and 12s. So, you know, you might want to be looking elsewhere for, for a bit of value as well. You know, current, Current mood was well put in his place by the two rivals that time round in the at the November meeting, um, but maybe again that was a bit of a muddling race. And if he could try and set a truer gallop, which I don't think would happen, he might be worth a stab. But yeah, just just one of sort of interest from a from a from a racehorse watcher's perspective probably than than a punter's one. This one. Yeah, I, I, I'm quite hot on the on the chance of Gilino Bello. I just think a little bit of an experience just caught him out last time. Um, he ran in a really nice entry maiden hurdle. Rioja uh, has since come out and won last weekend in, in what I think might turn out to be quite a nice race. Um, Dr. Ken has also come out and won since uh, in, a, in a not necessarily an impressive style. Lounge Lizard, Govery Point as well have ran good races, finishing second in behind as well. Um, I think he just looked slightly one-paced. And once he was getting to know what was going on late on, I, th- I think he was staying on. And, and and the weight differential here, I think, will be very helpful. I think the step up to two mile, well, three mile, um, will certainly be more of a positive. I'm I'm not sure Blazing Cal is a bit, is, is that slow. I think, I think two mile five could be his best trip. Um, and I understand why they're stepping up. He, he, he brushed them aside comfortably last time. Um, and stayed on strongly, but I thought his speed was was most impressive about his performance last time to to cruise around the bend and, and just use that acceleration over the last. And I think that's what killed the race. And I think if if the race turns into a slogger, I think current mood will go forward. I think that'll certainly suit Gelino Bello, and uh, he's a horse who I think could be could go all right this season in some nice races. And stepping up to three mile, I, I don't think is is necessarily a bad thing. No, I've just, I've, I've just, just to, just to dampen on your parade slide, I've just looked at the form of Paul Nichols' last three runners in the race. He had one in 2020, 2019, and it was all the way back to 2016 before he had the last one, but they've all been well beaten in this. So it's not really a record for, for the great trainer you want to have on your side, but maybe Giulino Bello probably is in a different caliber of, of horse to those ones he raced in there. Um, those ones went off at a, sort of about a median price of about sixteen to one, so they were outsiders. But so he could be sort of a dis- different prospect to what Nichols has been running in that. But you know, it's just a, a slight concern. Records are there to be broken, Matt. Records are exactly, there to be broken. exactly. Uh, and Gelino Bello will, well, I think, go very well on on, on Saturday. Um, what's officially technically uh, the main race on Saturday at three o'clock is the International Hurdle Grade Two Song for Someone. Looks to retain his title from last year at nine to four. So Royal at threes. Guard your dreams eleven to two. The Irish uh, have brought over Bally Adam and Heaven Help Us. One at six to one. One at fourteen to one. Wild about Oscar at sixteens with Hunter's Call as well. Matt, will he retain his crown this year? Jesus, you know, 
you'd be hoping so if you're Tom Simons, because there's, there's going to be no better opportunity to get another grade two in the system, is there? This is My a shocking word. grade two. This is, Let's this just is, be honest. This is awful, to say the least. This is, this is, this is horrifically bad for a grade two. And, you know, it's, it's not been the greatest grade two for, for quite some time now, really, is it? It was an exciting race last year, which I think yeah, sort of did have, let it get away. Had, yeah, and you did have Goshen in there as well, who who could have been the star. But you're you're looking at the role of honour. You know, at the turn of the year, at the turn of the last decade, it was Grandouet, who was a very good horse. Zarkanda, who obviously you know was a star, then the new one twice, and then of course he re, re, regained his crown in 2016. You know, they were a good horse, but then after that, you know, he had. You had my tent or yours as a ten-year-old. Brain power, who never really fulfilled his potential. Call me Lord, who was absolutely pummeled in a Utox to novice limited handicap chase earlier this week, <laughs> and then song for someone last year. You know, this is a it's a concerning sort of running theme that the international hurdles not producing the champion hurdles hurdlers that it possibly should do, or, or at least leading contenders. Um, I saw one of my, my good friend Stephen Powell. I, I tweeted tweeted earlier this week that. Why not? Why don't we stage it on um, Festival Trials Day in January? Why don't we move it? You know, and I think he's got an absolutely valid point. We've got the we've had the Fighting Fifth Hurdle two weeks ago, and then this is being run on the 11th of that day. It will be. I'm trying to think how I think you might have to help me out with about 15 days until the Christmas Hurdle. Uh, but two, so it's sandwiched in between two prestigious Grade Ones. So you're never going to get the the, the top horses there. Whereas. What you could do, and you know, I'll be throwing a grenade in the fixture list, but you could you could scrap the champion hurdle trial at Haydock, which is usually run on bottomless ground, yeah. and and sometimes won by glorified handicappers, and then get rid of that ridiculous contenders hurdle at Sandown the week after, and stage the international hurdle on Trials Day, and you would get a good crowd of horses there, and in a really competitive race, you know, it'll be a month after the Christmas hurdle as well, so if the likes of Nicky Henderson won't won't want to go to the Dublin Racing Festival to take on Honeysuckle with with Epitons, but if if they get you know soft ground international hurdle on Trials Day, he may run her there, to, you know, to get a trial in before Cheltenham's in a month and a bit's time. It's just you know as, as we've seen this week, racing doesn't like change that much, um, so I, it won't happen. I guarantee it won't happen, but it'd, it'd be just an idea to think about, but. Anyways, that was that was quite quite a tangent, really, starting from <laughs> from, from that. But it's, yeah, you know, it needs something to it, doesn't it? Really, if this is meant to be the feature of December Saturday racing, which is usually a terrific period of racing. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. And it's not like it's a card that if doesn't have other bigger races on it. Like like we said, for us, the Racing Post Go Cup um, is is probably a stronger race. Uh, and possibly more exciting to watch. So does this does this really need to be on the card? No, not really for me either. Um, but like you said, back to the back to the horses in this, and uh, as long for someone I thought ran creditably last time out behind Buzz, uh, I think he's very more upwardly mobile Buzz this season uh, over hurdles. We saw him uh, win the Cesaro Witch, and uh, I think well, there's a lot of people who strongly fancy him for the for the stayers, and um, you can understand why. Um, guard your dreams, reappose his hero, downing trip. Um, we we haven't seen him downing trip since he finished sixth in the Betfair hurdle when he stayed on really strongly towards the finish. Um, and uh, Lewis, Lewis fancied him last time, big price, he was 12 to 1 uh, a couple of days before, smashed into 7 to 2, and 
Uh, I thought he ran with a lot of credit in, in that race last time. Um, and I, I think here, back down to two miles, I think might might seem to better effect. Um, so Ryle, we saw um, finish third in the fighting fifth the other week behind Not So Sleepy and Epiton. Rock solid. You know what you're going to get with him. He, he's a solid grid to uh, animal, possibly never going to to be top class, but um, admirable, if anything. Uh, and the two Irish runners, do you think Bally Adam or Heaven Helpers will be troubling the English battalion? Well, they're, they're the interesting angle to, to this race. Just to clarify, some of them are very good horses, you know, not taking anything away from them. And Guard Your Dreams is, is a dark horse and, and could be anything at this level. But, you know, the interest comes from Bally Adam. I've seen a lot of the Twitter talk this week as they're, they're really excited to see him back over hurdles. But, Jesus, he's, you know, he's, he, he bumped into some good horses last year, but, you know, he was, he was pummeled by them at the same time. By, you know, the likes of Appreciate It twice or three times, even at Leopardstown and then in the Supreme. And also by Mydra to go at Aintree, you know, patience with him was wearing thin by that point. He's, He's obviously not taking the fences at all that well, and he never really liked he had the scope for fences, which is, you know, you wouldn't normally think that with a Chievely Park owned horse. And it would be interesting the back, back down at two miles, but, you know, even the form of his, his Royal Bond win is, is very questionable, to put it kindly. Um, and he didn't win that by far. So maybe he's just flattered to deceive in his career so far, but this will be sort of, Again, like we said for Santini with Bally Adam, this is going to be D-Day, really. What way do you go with him after this? You know, if he bombs out, you're going to have to go down the handicap route no matter what, over hurdles especially. Um, if he wins nicely, then I'm sure someone there'll be some ludicrous overreaction in the champion hurdle market where he goes 10s or 12 to 1 for it. Um, it's, it's a toughie. I can see some for someone doing it again. Heaven help us better over a trip and, and probably has the Coral Cup in mind again. So why not take a punt on So Royal? You know, that was a terrific run in the fighting fifth last time round. <laughs> Only beaten by by one and a half lengths on, on that instance. And he's just a an all-round legend of a horse who, who looks to be in the form of his life this time round. And he, remarkably, he's still only nine. Um, you know, he has he never... People that say he doesn't really perform on the new course, but he is a course and distance winner as a juvenile. And last year, when they took out the, the final flight, it just would not have suited him because his emphasis really is is on his his, his slickness of jumping. Uh, you know, he 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 pummeled Silver Streak in the listed ke- hurdle at Kempton, and then just just won the elite at Wincanton in a canter. And yeah, it was only beaten one and a half lengths by Britain's leading champion hurdle hope Epitons and 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 not so sleepy Britons probably. Somehow, Britain's second <laughs> champion hurdle hopes. And it's, it's really good form for, for this standard of race. And I would expect him to, to run another good one. I saw some people crabbing his willingness in a battle earlier on the week. And I, I can sort of see where they're coming from. But I, I just think that's slightly harsh, really, for a, for a horse that's won. Just looking at it now, it's won 16 races on, on 41 races on the rules, you know. He's not going to be a bottle job if to win 16 races and win grade 1s and grade 2s as well. So, so royal for me, 3-1. to one, You know, we'll stick with the anti-favourite anti backing. We'll go for none of, that, none, of that, none of that stuff today. 
I think I'll be joining the the, the favourite backy fan club here with song for someone. I think he'll regain his title, and uh, nine to four is a nice enough price for me. Um, we'll miss out the last at Cheltenham, and we'll go over to the two Grade Twos at Doncaster. Um, a small but select field for the uh, December Novices Chase Grade 2, as it normally is. Uh, three under uh, through five looks to make it three out of four uh, wins over fences. Uh, he heads the market at four to six. Fantastic cast for Nigel Twiston Davis and Jordan Naylor at 11 to four. And Emmy Tom for Warren Greatrix and Brian Hughes at six to one. Uh, three under through five. Were you impressed with how he's been jumping so far? Uh, yes, very much so, and I'm actually gutted he's going here and not going for the Welsh National, because I think that would have actually been, he's, uh, he is, I know he's a novice, but it would have been, it would have been lovely to see him, him take place in, in, in Wales on the, on the 27th, because his, his jumping has stood up really well, and, you know, where it makes up for where he does lack a gear, really, he looks like an out and out stayer, um, yeah, maybe they're going to go around the novice route this year, and the national hunt chase has been has been mentioned as, as the target um, already, which will be you know right up his street really. And then it'll be one for the stayers, staying races next year. And I don't know how his how his his owner Max McNeil loves Aintree, so he's a, a long term national horse. He's got the class in in the race really at, at, at this point. Uh, Fantastic, that's his only interesting really because. The horse he beat by seven and a half lengths, Pemberley, at Lingfield last month uh, on Thursday, which is the day of, of recording, went and, and won at Warwick. So the form has been boosted very nicely there. Emmy Tom is just just an absolute source of frustration. And I think it's a source of frustration for Warren Greycheck as well, because we know the abilities there, but he just does not put it together when he when he needs to. Um, so three under three, five, you know, eight to 13. He might go off one to two, maybe on the day. Um, but probably gets the job done for me. I, w- I was very quick to crab um, three under through five for his jumping at Exeter the other week. thought he was having to be ridden into every fence and sort of had to have his mind already made up for him. And for that, for me, it was a little bit of a negative. Um, then going to that novice chase at Cheltenham against Does He Know, um, under supervision, Oscar Elite. I think Oscar Elite, was travelling the best best of the three that were going well at the time. Um, and I think he probably would have been beat. I know he was mightily disappointing at Huntington, Huntingdon the other day. Um, however, I think he would have got the better of them two. Um, I, I thought they took each other fairly fairly early on. And, and he's three under through five jumping had certainly improved, um, which was good to see from Exeter to, to Cheltenham. Um, this isn't. I don't think he has to progress that much more, but I do have a lot of time for a fantastic cast. Um, I think um, if the novice uh, handicap chase was still at the festival, I think he'd go very well in that. Um, I, 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 I had a lot of time for him last season. He ran some nice races behind some nice horses um, over over strong staying distances, including three under through five. Um, and he's always, for me, looked like a chaser. Um, I thought he jumped very, very well uh, at Lingfield. Always looked in control of the race and stayed on really strongly. And uh, you can understand why the handicapper has, has whacked him up eight pounds for that because he, he's brushed them aside comfortably. You've mentioned the, the form boost of Pemberley, I know, at lower grade. Um, but I think Fantasticast this season, over fences, I, th- I think, has, has more progression than three under through five. And like you said, Emmy Tommy is. A very, very frustrating horse to, to grab hold of. So, 
an in, a, a select field, but a very interesting race, I think. And I think I might be taking on the favourite here with Fantastic Cast. I, I think there's there's nice races to be won within this season, and one certainly for the tracker. Yeah, it's just interesting. I was looking at them when 335 and, and Fantastic Cast clashed in the. Oh, what was it? The, whatever the Scottish sort of version of the Albert Bartlett uh, in the Musselburgh's classy trials day. There was nine pounds between them that day. And now there's 13 pounds over fences, but they seem to be sort of progressing at a similar rate. So maybe the handicap has got them slightly wrong there. Um, well, yeah, three under three five slightly. gave him eight pounds as well that day, um, mm. which which was a really good performance. But under pressure, I thought last season, Fantastic Cast was slightly awkward. Um, he kept, he was game, but he just looked like he was always, three under three five was going to pull more out of that day. Um, whereas first time out this season, I thought he looked a lot more straightforward. Um, and I think, I think this season could be, could be his season to, to, to get going properly. And Fences, he's an absolute giant of all. So I think Fences could be the making, making of him this year. Yeah. I cannot, cannot not agree with you, Jimbo. It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's interesting. Again, it'll be a bit of a bit of a head scratch to watch, and uh, maybe not have a bet on. Might my mind not have a bet on it unless three hundred through five stays at that price. Then we'll we'll see. Basically, we'll see. But uh, yeah, just uh, again as, as it usually gets that race small but select, but with a with a dash of quality. <laughs> the other Grade Two on the card is a Summit Juvenile Hurdle. Um, we've mentioned the uh, Gary Moore Juveniles this year, and his Porticello heads the market at two to one. Magistrato at falls. Knight salute the Cheltenham winner last time out at five to one. Too friendly with two nice wins under his belt already at seven to one. Impulsive one at eights. Sacre Pierre at twelves and twenty eight to one. Bar the rest of the field, Porticello made hard work of that that listed Weatherby race last time and, and didn't necessarily jump with the fluency as we all expected that, uh, and the strong form that he, he brought from our toy. Um, do you think at 2-1 there's possibly a too short a price for him in a, in a race that's more than competitive? Uh, possibly. It's, it's a good race, this, for the, for the, for the preco- precocious juveniles we're going to see. Um, I think it was just a case of he was just incredibly green last time. You know, as his first start in Britain... And he he was just just wandering slightly, really under under pressure. And, but sort of when when Jamie gave him a tap, he sort of went come on, straighten him up, and he and he sort of went away quite nicely again. You know, just looking at his form book, he's he's already beaten Magistrata, who's the second favourite by three lengths at Altoy in, in April. So maybe he's got the measure of him already. Um, obviously he was he was fourth behind Knight Salute, who who carries a a penalty in this race for for winning the Grade Two Triumph Trial. At Ask, uh, not Ascot, never be at Ascot, Cheltenham on the November meeting. Um, the one that interests me is Too Friendly, who I think has been incredibly impressive, really, in two starts, um, so far this season. Um, was an interesting flat recruit. He's, he's sort of everyone will, will compare him to all mankind because of the, the trainer and the owners, but he seems a bit more. Of a, well, he, he sort of seems similar in the sense that he can, he can race or did race quite keenly on on the flat, but he's got some some good form there on on there, and you'd be expecting him to to make the running and this sort of track. You know, Newcastle and Doncaster are very similar tracks, and he he won easily at Newcastle last time round in in the in the snow, and it, it could be you know a, a similar case today really good good little race and you know seven to one at the moment so 
a good price by it and has got a, got a very good jockey on board in Bridget Andrews, Andrews who's in, enjoying a fine season and, and taking the opportunities when her husband Harry's elsewhere f- for the skeleton yards. So, in fact, he's very similar to All Mankind too, friendly. And, you know, I, you'll know my love for that horse. So it'd be lovely to see if he can get up and win again. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think too friendly. Collateral form figures with, with Ocean Line needs to find a little bit more uh, to beat Ponticello, but um, I, I certainly he can't not be impressed with what he's done so far. I thought he travelled with two premies at Newcastle the other week, and um, I thought I thought that was a really nice performance. I think he could have got thirty threes before that for the for the triumph uh, in March. Um, but nice salute for Milton Harris. Um, three runs. How they picked him out um, at, the, at the sales, I, I don't know how. Um, there, there wasn't an awful lot to look at. But they obviously rated him fairly highly at the time because looking back at his, his earlier form as a two-year-old, they ra- he ran in a, in a nice race, a conditions race at Newbury. Um, I, I know he won on debut, but uh, on his second start, sorry. But there, there was very limited form to think that he'd, he'd make a proper good hurdler. And um, we saw what he did in that grade two last time at Cheltenham. I like the form of York seeing behind. And, and I think Knight Salute uh, will form... Form, go close here again. Um, yes, he has to carry um, this, uh, a bit of a penalty, but you can understand why. Um, I think the form last time is is good enough. Um, he jumps really well. He's up. He's beaten impulsive one before. I think five to one is a fair enough price for an, a bit of a scumbag each way. Um, I thought Sacre Pierre. I liked what he did on his first two starts. Um, he's, he beat some some oh decent flat horses and, and keep your dreams big uh, was entered for some other races this weekend. Um, slightly disappointing probably um, at Weatherby last time, but I don't think I don't think he was necessarily at his best. And I, he's certainly one I wouldn't rule out here from going a bit closer at a, at a bigger price here. No, I agree with you there. Maybe, maybe just, you know, that summer jumping form, you know, maybe just sort of tethering off a little bit as we usually see in the season. That'd be my, my only worry with him. But, you know, good point. You can make a case for five or six of them in there. The impulsive ones had wind surgery since finishing second tonight's salute at Kempton in October. So be of some intrigue if, if that's worked, it's charm. But, uh, yeah, just, Again, another sort of interesting race. Whether it has bearings on the on the top of the juvenile hurdle division this year is is probably unlikely. Um, just just an enjoyable one to have a little bet on that one. Yeah, exactly that, and uh, that's mostly the racing that we've got this weekend. But I'll just give a quick mention to the racing that we'll be seeing. I know this is a predominantly jump racing uh, podcast, and and. Mostly due to Lewis not being here, it will allow me to talk about this. But the Hong Kong Vars, the Hong Kong Sprint, the Hong Kong Mile and the Hong Kong Cup. Some good English uh, challenges going over there. Uh, Pile Driver and Mogul are in the Hong Kong Vars. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Pile Driver over there. But I, you, everyone likes Pile Driver, don't they, Matt? I don't think anyone could not like Pile Driver. Lovely team. Martin Dwyer, top, top bloke. And... Just a lovable horse as well, you know. It's one of the stories we we rarely get to see on the flat, um, especially coming up against last year's winner Mogul, who, God, who knows what price three and a half, <laughs> three point three point four million as a as a 
as a yearling, you know. And here, here's old pile driver that's probably going to beat him. So good luck, good luck, good luck to their team. You know, it'll be the word rancid has been used this week quite controversially, but it'll be rancid if Mogul somehow bombs bombs back into form to land this. <laughs> <laughs> the Aidan O'Brien Battalion continued in the Hong Kong Mart with Mother Earth as well, uh, who has had a, a tremendous season. Um, and some nice runners for, for the UK and Ireland uh, in Dubai Honour and Max Sweeney, uh, Bolshoi Ballet as well over there, uh, and Love's Only You, who won at the Breeders' Cup. Um, so some nice racing over in Charting in the early hours uh, of Sunday morning after you've finished with your, your, your cricket fix uh, if we're still playing by then um, but now it's time for our naps next best and third best uh, thanks to ratingtheraces.com and Matt would you like to hit us with your nap I think we all know what it is and it's going to be on Friday I think oh yeah we're going in boys we're going in I'll tell you now we're going right in 7-1 to one, Lively Citizen 115 Cheltenham get your money on it boys and your next best Oh, again, I'm going to go big prices. Screw this. We're going. We are. We're going for the absolute. We're going for the millionaires weekend now. Uh, Sipage each way in the in the in, in the in the racing post gold cup, and uh, and your third best. God, I'm, 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 that's when I'm struggling now. This is the third best when it comes on. Uh, too friendly, seven to one. God, imagine if that Trixie comes in, boys. You know, we won't be working for much longer. We'll be enjoying ourselves in Saint Tropez while while racing Twitter while racing Twitter implodes. We'll be a, or a boat in Saint Tropez if that comes in. <laughs> we can dream. We can dream. Uh, my nap for the weekend uh, will come in at Albert Bartlett. Um, Novice hurdle with Gelino Bello at seven to four. My next best will also come in the uh, Racing Post Gold Cup with Silver Hallmark. Um, I, I strongly fancy the chances of him uh, and you know we'll take a risk we'll take on the odds on favourite in the, in the in the novice chase at Doncaster we'll go Fantasticas uh, at 11 to 4 for a bit of interest um, thank you very much Matt for, for being a, a late step in but thank you very much once again for joining us no always a pleasure mate it's, it's nice to have a bit of niceties in, in the racing world for once and one of the niceties and the best niceties is, is doing this podcast, just to give it a lovely little plug. Thank you very much. And are, we, are you going to the King George this year? Uh, yes, I am the one of the chief reporters for the Racing Post on both days. So Whoa. if anyone's there, come and say hello to me. I'm, I'm sure I'll, I will say hello back. I, I pinky promise that. And uh, <laughs> yeah, looking forward to that. And then looking forward to nice, nice few drinks after after the racing. It, it should be. A cracker this year, to say the least, and I do hope the Irish send someone over. You know, Milella Indo would be bloody brilliant seeing that race this year. I don't hope they send any Irish over. Um, that's been it for this week of Turf Talk, and thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for joining us, and we'll speak to you again next week. See you soon. Stay safe.